So, retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History? Well, Monday is the anniversary of the day Roger first publishes famous thesaurus. Then on Tuesday, we say happy birthday, Mr. Potato Head. On Wednesday, the extraordinary stories of the child soldiers who fought in the American Civil War. On Thursday, how King James changed the word of God. And on Friday, what did spam emails look like in 1978? We discuss this and more on Today in History with the retrospectors. Ten minutes every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the wettest F1 podcast. In every sense of the word. By which I mean I've just spilled a drink. (laughs) Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, a broken hand in an unbroken world. Imagine if Ricardo's hand being broken fixed everything, and then every week someone would have to kick him in the hand (laughs) to keep Trump from not being president. (laughs) No, to keep him from being president. Oh my God, I got it wrong. Oh no. (laughs) Imagine the world's so broken that it gets replaced by Liam Lawson. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the fifth Alpha Tauri driver of F1 podcasts. They've got to run out of Red Bull Juniors soon. Honestly, I've had to turn my phone off. <laughs> just fuck off, Alpha. <laughs> yeah. just keeps calling. It's just like, Jesus. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 equivalent of a Barcelona handjob. That's what they call it when you go to the surgeon to get your hand fixed. He's in Barcelona. That's where Ricardo's gone. I had a Barcelona handjob once. <laughs> no, you broke your hand too. Yeah, it was uh, in practice for the Zandvoort Grand Prix. <laughs> At least, that's what I called her. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast F1 deserves. I'm Ollie Peart, and like an unexpected and very violent downpour, I'm here to soak you to the bone with the reign of internet F1 comedy. Tonight, from our respective sheds around Western Europe, we'll be looking back at the Dutch Grand Prix, which saw two Australians crash and a New Zealander get his first F1 drive as a result. Coincidence? We'll talk about that and Max Verstappen's 300th consecutive race win. And there'll be all sorts of entertaining tangents for us to get lost in. That's all to come. Joining me is a man who's travelled back through time. It's Phil Tremens. Back in time. Bing. There's the song that nobody remembers from Back to the Future. I've been on this nostalgia trip. I had a bit of a cold this week. It's not been great, but I got over it in a couple of days. Uh, and then my wife caught it as well. She's been a bit poorly. And it's taken her a bit longer to get better. So today, she did a test. Do you remember COVID? Oh, no. Ooh. Oh, yeah. It's back. Yeah. COVID's back. It's 2020 all over again. Let's have a lockdown. Let's have 15 different prime ministers. It's very exciting. It's, everyone's got Everyone's. Everyone's got it. I'm not, I've been ill. My partner's been ill. And I've heard loads of people at work have got COVID. I tested negative. Yeah, I did as well. I'm fine. I can go out and do what. Well, as I understand, actually, she can go out and do whatever she wants as well. It doesn't appear like there's any kind of... Oh, we were like, oh, we have to report it to the NHS app. No, that's done. And beside him is a man who has just come back from dinner. It's Terry Saunders. Hi, everybody. I am tired. It's 11 o'clock uh, Berlin time. I've just had a very fancy four-course meal Ooh. and a couple of bottles of wine. <laughs> I've, I've, I've really barely... I was falling asleep on Sunday watching the race. I don't know what's going on. I'm quite pissed. This could be interesting. <laughs> Ollie, welcome back. Oh, thanks. Nice to be back. What have you been up to? Just uh, caught up in the mundanity of life. My um, my dishwasher's broken. Oh, and that's that a is... nightmare. Uh-oh. Hang uh, on, what know... kind of broken are we talking? Well, it leaked, right? So the, oh, there was a mystery bad. leak underneath the, the... It was sort of nearish the dishwasher. So it wasn't that much of a mystery. It was either that or I pissed myself. Uh, and... <laughs> And then I dragged what, you put the your dick in a dishwasher. <laughs> I put my dick in a dishwasher. I pissed in that. Are you not supposed to do that? I don't know. Um, and I pulled it out, and it, and it wasn't just. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <but you're broken. laughs> oh my god! Pulled it out, and it wasn't. It wasn't just broken. What are we talking about now? I'm lost in this anecdote. Am I talking about my cot? I've completely forgotten. Uh, you have a man round. Have a look. And it was and it was rusty on one side. <laughs> 
and then and the bit started flaking off. <laughs> you want to get that looked at? Uh, yeah. <laughs> off we go to listener's corner, which has several lines through it, but all of them are covered in sand. Let's start with the adventures of the Antipodeans. During practice for the Dutch Grand Prix, McLaren rookie Oscar Piastri crashed. Daniel Ricciardo, who was fired from McLaren so that Piastri could take his place, then came around the corner, saw Piastri, shat himself and also crashed, breaking his hand in the process. That's put him out for at least two races to be replaced at AlphaTauri by New Zealand rookie Liam Lawson. What a to-do! Phil Pitt-Matthews says, two races, no points and a broken hand, yet somehow Danny Rick is still having a better season than last year at McLaren. And Will <laughs> Bowen says, Horner's plan to pitch Ricardo and Sonoda against each other for the second Red Bull seat has taken a bit of a setback. They need to free up the second AlphaTauri seat for Lawson somehow. Well, this this was a bit of a nice twist in the uh, Danny Rick comeback story, wasn't it? I, I mean, I think Phil Pitt Matthews I mean, has summed it up pretty well. His first race back I mean, was all right. His second one wasn't great, and his third one, he's injured himself, and it was the bloke so that replaced him that's caused it. And now he's definitely going to miss Monza, which is a race. Don't forget, he won a couple of years ago yeah, for McLaren. He's quite good there. And then they're saying. He might come back for Singapore, which is also one of the toughest tracks. Yeah, with a but still, let's be honest, his hand is still going to hurt. Then I just don't know how I feel about this fucking favoritism of if you're an athlete, you if you break a hand, you get to go to a surgeon in Barcelona who, from what I can gather, just cleans up the wound so it heals better. Now, I don't like to talk about it. But when I cracked a rib go-karting, <laughs> I, no one took me to Barcelona. No one said, oh, we can we can make this heal quicker. Why Why am I not as good as a multi-millionaire Formula 1 driver? <laughs> it's, it's a mystery, Terry, isn't it? I don't it think is. we'll ever find out the answer. But, it, you know, there's a lot of injustice I in the world. Ask Juan Pablo. <laughs> but not that one. Do we know how bad, the, how bad was the break? I just All I saw was just a picture that he posted. I didn't actually see well, the Well, it was broken, either. which is bad. Well, I'd yeah, say well, any well, break when you're levels of breaks, though, isn't it? I'd say any time you're wrestling an F1 car around using your hands, mm. having one of those hands broken. I mean, just look at uh, look at Robert Kubica. He was it, never the same. Look at look at your beautiful hands, Danny Rick. It'd be a shame if something <laughs> was to happen to one of them, wouldn't it? <laughs> was that a New Zealand Give accent? Us a protection money. Give us a protection money, or we Liam Lawson doesn't sound like a New Zealand name. Liam Lawson sounds like someone I went to school with. <laughs> Cheltenham's finest. Yeah, I can't put I can't put any facts behind that, but I just feel like Liam Lawson doesn't sound like how I imagine a New Zealand name would sound. I mean, maybe I know what you mean. The only Liam I know is somebody that used to eat paper at school. That is, <laughs> that's the Liam that I bring to mind. I fear because Lawson, I thought actually had a pretty good weekend, considering I don't think he'd driven the AlphaTauri at all before this weekend and I thought he did alright in the race and I fear that this will do Danny Rick's comeback absolutely no good whatsoever and will do Liam Lawson the world of good because Red Bull are presumably always looking for someone, anyone to fill the seat that you know that there's no doubt going to become available when Marco flips out and fires someone Okay I'm going to Okay, you heard it here first, here's my plan I think Ricardo's broken hand has given Sonoda the Red Bull drive next year. Oh, okay. Mm. They're going to fire Perez. They're not going to be confident enough in Danny Rick. They're not going to give Liam Lawson the seat. So who else is there? Sonoda's going to be there by a process and, of elimination. And Liam Lawson. Lawson will get Sonoda's seat. Which is actually good news yes, for so. Danny Rick because I was thinking maybe they'll give Danny Rick the Danny Flick. Because why? I mean, he's getting no, on Danny, a bit now, Danny isn't Rick he? will get... And he's expensive. Danny Rick will get a full final season in AlphaTauri, which will be the most pathetic end to a career ever. What, you reckon it'll be make, it'll make <laughs> McLaren look like a championship season? It, no, it will just be... I can't think of another driver. So there's been a few like champion drivers, like you know your Raikkonens or your, or your PKs, who have kind of ended their career in a slightly shitter team. But they've had the highs of being a world champion, and they're just like cashing out, and they're getting a lot of money. I think Danny Rick is going to end up driving one final year for Peter. Maybe Graham Hill is the only other driver because didn't the last couple of years of his career he drove for some dog shit team? Yeah, Damon Hill did the same. Also, Damon Hill, like father, like son. I mean, you could be right. 
It's yeah. a nice sort of final uh, f- finality to it, though. If he's, he, he, you know, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, Toro Rosso to Alpha Tauri. I think it's, I think it's nice. Sh- Except he was at HRT be. first, so that doesn't work. But never mind. Same difference. Yeah. Shit out. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be that's Alpha Tauri's name for next year, I think, isn't it? Shit out box. <laughs> Have we talked about that? Did we talk about the fact that AlphaTauri are going to have a silly Hugo Boss name next year? I don't know if it's been confirmed. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was some absolute shambles of a name. Oh, dear. Involving Hugo Boss. You know who who Hugo Boss made the uniforms for? Nah. The Nazis. Adolf? Hello, hello. (laughs) They did look very sharp. In case you didn't notice, it was kind of wet for much of the Dutch Grand Prix and the rain caused much confusion, chaos and hilarity. Dixon Cox says, If we need a red flag, the second the full wets are the right tyre, then maybe we should do something about the cars uh, to make them usable in the rain. It's not NASCAR after all. Uh, Simon Lance says, uh, When it becomes wet tyre weather, race control should be able to throw a mandatory virtual safety car and pit for wets card. Slow everyone down. Get them on the right tyre and keep the race going. If you were already on the tyre, crack on. Otherwise, box, box and watch Ferrari start cutting grooves into the slicks instead of getting the tyres there in the first place. Uh, John Cilio says, Nothing demonstrated Red Bull's opinion of Perez more than him sitting in the rain by himself at the end of the pit lane while immediately behind him McLaren had already given Norris an umbrella. (laughs) Well, that's sad. But fun. So there was this moment before they stopped the race where was it? Because who was it? it? Was on the the wet, wet, wet tires. Wishing I was lucky. <laughs> Wishing say. I was lucky. Um, I feel it in my fingers. I was say, that, oh, was your, that was no, your it's... go-to wet, wet, wet song. It's a weird choice. Yeah, wishing I was lucky. Oh, I'd, I'd have gone with "Love Is All Around." I had. But... Yeah, but I had thanks to the Britannia, <laughs> the Britannia Music Club. I had popped in, sold out on cassette <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> We were going to really try and rush through this, yeah. and already we're talking we're on about the wet, second wet, wet. comment, and we're getting popped <laughs> wet, wet, wet albums on cassette. Yeah, we're, we're, we're taking a while. That's all right. Um, it was it was very wet, wet, wet. Um, it wasn't just love that was all around us; it was rain as well. Um, but the thing was about Dixon's point. Yes, it was a bit hilarious that they that it was too wet for wets. But I mean, it was pretty biblical rain. That came very, very yeah. quickly. But wasn't this like the first time the actual wet weather tyres have been used for about 20 years? Because we get is. the intermediates fairly often. But the real wets never happen. And it was, was it Ocon who was on the wet tyre? And he was just thinking, oh, this is the wrong tyre, this is the wrong tyre. And I think yes. what he meant was, this is cutting a hole through space-time continuum. <laughs> I'm not allowed to be on this tyre. If I'm on this tyre, the race stops. <laughs> the car's staying still, but, was, but I'm I sending the world mad- backwards. But I, yeah, and I heard some mad fact about it. One of the commentators, I can't even remember who it was on Sky, said like the amount of water they move in like a second. Oh, it's lots. Enough, it's enough it's, to it's fit dozens the family of li- car. It, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's dozens of liters a second. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So why not just get them out there? It sounds like you could cross the fucking channel on them. Just but get it, them. It out really, on the track. really, really shat it down to the point where I mean, even did, wet weather tires were. It, it, I mean, it looked like sort of you know. Uh, what was that year? At, was it Canada 2011 when it absolutely shut it down? Or um, Fuji 1976? I mean, it, it was proper. It rained a lot. Yeah. It definitely rained a lot. But they are but called extreme I wets. I know, but it I was mean, extra extreme. the name. It was double extreme. Uh, I mean. More than words <laughs> can make me feel that you love me. So what would you do? I think Okay, obviously the wet races are very dangerous and obviously people have died and obviously we don't want to endanger anybody. But also, at least have a few laps of all the cars on wet weather. Because it felt like there were two cars on the wet tyres and what pisses me off most is back in the day, and I'm, I'm not trying to be nostalgic, but the point was if you were the first car to be on the, the wet tyre at the right point, you would basically win the race. But if you changed that tyre too early, you wouldn't win the race. And now it's the point of, oh, you've changed the tyre at the right point, and we're going to stop the race. But in fairness... And so Max Verstappen's going to Maybe win. I've misremembered this, because I've only watched the race once, and I haven't seen any of the, the, uh, the, the replays or anything. Didn't they stop the race, not because it was absolutely shiting it down, but because 
someone had buried themselves in the barrier. Was it Joe? Again, well, they're, they're, well, yeah, that was, was why they stopped it. Is that he clattered off. it, yeah. and and they were like, "Well, you're going to have to get you're going to have to get diggers on track to get him out." And we all know what happened the last time it rained heavily, and there were diggers on track. This is true. So but then they kept it stopped for a long time. Well, they had to fix right. the right. they had to fix the wall as well, presumably. I yeah, I, I didn't right. at the time think they've stopped it because it's so wet. At the t- I just thought they'd stopped it because they had to fix the wall. Although, in fairness, I was watching it slightly after the fact, and I just fast forwarded through the red flag, so it didn't seem that long. It was so, long. It was like it was 40, 45 minutes. Oh, uh, was it? Okay, that's too long. I'll take yeah, it all back. It was quite a while, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, no. They, they stopped the race for that reason, but then they didn't put it back on for ages. So was, they, but they because they should have put it back on whilst you still needed wet weather tires to give Ocon his advantage. But the instead, prob- they yeah. just kind of went, the problem oh, was though, weren't weren't people on wet starting to slide off, and then if you put them out and it's still absolutely bucketing it down, and then now on cold wet tires, it's going to be even worse. Well, then what's the point of Formula One? <laughs> I mean, this is what we've been saying since 2015. It should have been the title of the podcast. What is the point? WTPF1, but somebody else had got something quite close to it. In other news, Ferrari have not had the greatest time this season, or last season, or most seasons in recent seasons. But next year, next year, they're going to be on top. That's the message from Ferrari's head of chassis, Enrico Cardili, who says... They've absolutely realised what's wrong and will be designing an all-new car for 2024. Cardile said it was crystal clear what we did wrong uh, with the car, so that presumably means Charles Leclerc is nailed on for next year's title, assuming he signs his new contract, right? I fear that them saying this is going to come back and bite them in the arse. It was crystal clear what we did wrong with the car. (laughs) Well, for I do not have a good record. That's the end of that statement. Uh, and for them to say, yeah, we've absolutely got it. We've definitely got it. We know what it is. We're going to sort it. Next year, all new car. We've figured out what it is. Crystal clear. Let's have it. They're setting themselves up for failure again. What we did wrong with the car was we painted it red and we called it a Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean... So, so hang on. Is Charlie Clerk's contract up? Because uh, he signed yeah, like a well, long he's, contract. Yes, he's. I think it's nearly up. He's he's in contract negotiations at the moment. And oh, I, that's so sad because he signed such a long contract that it was like, oh, by the time this contract ends, he'll be like a seven-time world champion. And now he's just this has been that never was. It's. I'm, I mean, I've said this before. Uh, I've said this before. I don't understand why anyone would sign for Ferrari at this point because. It's worse. Where it's, else would wor- it go? it's worse than being a back of the grid team because the back of the grid team you can beaver away and you can make your name and there's no real expectations on you because you're in a shit car. But in a Ferrari, you're in a shit car, but everyone thinks it's a good car and they expect you to be good, even though most people know that it's not. Yeah, but once you've been in a Ferrari and you've been in a top team, he can't go back to being a back of the grid team. He has to move onwards and upwards, and there's- that's only really <laughs> Mercedes, Aston Martin, or uh, Red Bull, and none of those places are going to give him a drive. Name me a Ferrari driver who's done well and then gone to a better team. Alain Prost. Well, he only yeah, well, he got fired. He he took the good way out. Yeah, but Alain Prost went to Williams and won a world championship. Yeah, but so so what Leclerc has to do is absolutely slag off is the get car fired <laughs> and go to Williams <laughs> and win a world championship. Well, Williams, based on this weekend, they look at a bit better. Would probably be Ferrari. Yeah. I don't, I don't I, understand. I think I think I think Alex Albon could be the next Alain Prost. Discuss. <laughs> Speaking of Ferrari, but not really, it's time for some legal fun. Remember the last race of 2008 in Brazil? Felipe Massa remembers, and he's not fucking happy about it. Having been the champion elect for all of about 30 seconds until Lewis Hamilton overtook Timo Glock and swiped the title. Massa is now taking legal action against uh, F1 and the FIA. It's important to note that he's not trying to overturn the title because that would be silly. So what is he doing exactly? This is actually quite interesting because I can't, I can scarcely believe it, but it's 15 years since that good old debacle at Interlagos. And Massa... I was doing a Formula One podcast there. That's how old I feel now. And there are now 15-year-olds doing Formula One podcasts. Massa... You know, took it with good grace, and he never won another race after that final uh, Brazilian Grand Prix. Uh, and then he got hit in the face by a spring, and that was the end of that. But now, or should I say, earlier this year, a certain Bernard Charles Eccleston gave an interview where he said, 
talking about the Singapore Grand Prix of 2008, where you will remember um, Nelson Piquet Jr. crashed into the wall deliberately, as it turned out, therefore helping Alonso, who then got a good result. I think he won the race, didn't he, at Singapore? And he got mm-hmm. a load of points. And Bernie said that he and Max Mosley knew about this at the time and did nothing. They knew there was skullduggery and they just sort of let it go. And now Massa heard this and thought, well, now, hang on, I lost points there. And in the end, I lost the championship by a single point. Um, And I'm not fucking happy about this. Uh, And I've now got the evidence that there was a cover-up and I'm going to sue. And what he's asking for, rather than the result to be overturned and him to be proclaimed (laughs) the 2008 world champion retrospectively, uh, is he wants a shit ton of money for lost earnings as a world champion. Um, and my initial reaction was, oh, for fuck's sake. But then I'm sort of, I can sort of see his point. It's like, well, hang on. You knew this was bullshit and you did nothing about it. And I, you know, I, I it, sh- it should have been a race that was overturned. Let's be honest. Renault probably should have been thrown out of the championship along with Alonso and um, uh, uh, Piquet Jr. Um, so I can understand why he's a bit pissed off about it. So whilst I agree with all of this and I don't, dispute any of this because actually it was a horrible cheating affair and he was uh kind of innocent crossfire let's not forget that when the safety car was called after pk's crash i think it was then that massa went into the pits and ferrari bungled his pit stop so badly that he ended up driving out of the pits with the refueling hose still attached to his car (laughs) so the idea that that Formula One team, Ferrari, who are still shit, would have managed to win the championship is for the birds. Because <laughs> I think listen, you could listen, have a, Terry. I've, I, no, 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 no. I think using all of Ferrari's experience <laughs> between 2008 and now, you could do a compelling legal case. There is no way they would win a fucking championship in that time. <laughs> and they haven't. So Massa would never have been world champion because Ferrari would have fucked it up. I rest my case, my lad. <laughs> I would posit. <laughs> I would posit that Massa's legal team will assert that the only reason that they let him go without taking the refueling rig off of his car and breaking the rig and probably taking out one of his guys is because they were so distracted by Nelson Piquet crashing into the wall. I call to the witness stand... Order! The Ferrari pit crew from this weekend who, when the car came in, didn't have any fucking tyres ready. fucking wankers (laughs) I mean I'm all for this because I just think it'll be entertaining I don't know what's going to happen I don't have a horse in there tell us how wrong we are you can tweet us at for F1 sake or find us on Facebook where we're for F1 sake or email us at wrong at ff1s.com where you can also leave us a team review just email a voice note to wrong at ff1s.com alternatively which I can't say properly, if you think we're right, then why not buy us a beer? Uh, this week, we're thanking all our regular donors, but we're not naming them all because we know you do it for love, not glory. Uh, but we know who you are. And rest assured, we love you in a platonic and non-legally binding way. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for the money. Thanks I mean, everybody. beer. <laughs> yes, be like them and bask in our adulation. Join our patrons by heading to ff1s.com forward slash pint, pint, pint. I feel it in my fingers, I feel it in my teams, because teams are all around us. Caught up in your wishing teams, your teams inside (laughs) us. One of the lyrics I can't remember. Red Bull, for a record equaling ninth time in a row, Max Verstappen won the Grand Prix, although his Dutch victory uh, was one of the trickier ones, having pitted at the wrong time and ended up way behind his teammate Sergio Perez. Um, but we all need to remember that Max is very good and Perez is a bit rubbish. So it should have been no surprise that Max was soon back at the front and disappeared off into the distance as per usual. Perez dropped to third and then fourth thanks to a penalty for speeding in the pit lane. Uh, what did you make of the brief switcheroo of the Red Bull drivers? The thing that jumped out at me most of all about this was when Perez, who is known as the tyre whisperer, he knows tyres better than anyone, made the call to pit super early as soon as there was a hint of rain he was in he was on the inters he was out again and max delayed it and then i think they came out and it was about 13 seconds 
between Perez and Verstappen. I was like, oh, I mean, I still think Verstappen will win, but we might have a bit of a fight on here. And I would say that 13-second lead that they had in identical cars on identical tyres lasted three, four laps before Verstappen caught him. (laughs) Absolutely shambolic from Perez. What was he doing? There's no excuse to be like many seconds a lap slower than your teammate. Yeah, but Discuss. also th- th- this this is where I get annoyed at Red Bull because why did they then do the undercut over Perez when there was no need to because Verstappen was clearly going to thrash him no matter, no matter what. It's almost like they should have left Perez out. You know, they should have given him the undercut. They, they should have like they should give Perez every opportunity they can just for the sheer sport of them then watching Verstappen just humiliate him. Because every, every time they... No, but every time they give him like something like this, where they're like, oh, we give him Max on the gut, they give him a reason to be like, oh, they're treating Max better than me. If they gave him every opportunity and he still fucked up, that would be really humiliating. And I think that's what he deserves. Are you suggesting, and actually I think I'm on board if you are, that, that for, for the sport of everyone, there should be... And, and we're not suggesting balance of performance like they have in Le Mans or anything, but the the F1, the, the Red Bull team should do everything they can to sabotage Max Verstappen, safe in the knowledge that he will probably still win. <laughs> okay. What I'm saying is the FYA should get behind this as well, and they should give Perez a head start. <laughs> Give Perez an extra half. It should a lap be like the whole of the grid. It should be like the whole the whole wind tunnel regulations that they have at the moment. The shitter you are, the more wind tunnel time you get. It's like the bigger the gap to your teammate. <laughs> no, the point oh. now is that they should they should start Max Verstappen on lap five, and he'll still fucking thrash everybody. <laughs> the weird thing is, in this race, you just and I, st- I think yes, I think you're actually right. I think he probably would. It was a bit ridiculous. I mean, he's he's very good, isn't he, Verstappen? Uh. Still don't like don't him, but he's anymore. very good. Nope, don't want to talk about yeah. him. For a brief well, second, I thought, oh, it could it could be different this time. And then it wasn't. I watched the Senna film with they, uh, said partner earlier this week, and I did see some similarities. Verstappen won? Verstappen. And I, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Verstappen won. Verstappen won that film. <laughs> In that film, Verstappen <laughs> wins the 1988, 1989, 1990, and... He doesn't die in 1994. Like, he just did everything. That's right, because if you watch it carefully, when Prost and Senna go into each other at Suzuka, you can see Verstappen just nip past in the background. Just wins. Just a winner. Aston Martin. It was a familiar tale at Aston Martin, where Fernando Alonso showed us that he's far better than future world champion Lance Stroll. Uh, the Spaniards scored a well-deserved podium and even gave us a faint hope that he could win the race until we realised that, no, that would just be silly. Stroll was always on the wrong tyres at the wrong time and ended up uh, out of the points and out of a drive, he asks questioningly. How long do they give him? Because didn't I... Re- uh, I, I, I think... I read this in passing. Uh, Aston Martin not trialling some young guy in FP1 at Italy. Is it Drukovic? Look, I think as long as... I, I reckon when Alonso leaves, Aston Martin, Stroll will leave too. I reckon they're tied into... Why, they're bedded in together. Why, will it, why would he leave? He's still driving well. Alonso? Alonso? Well, do you know there what? there for another couple of years, I reckon. I've been thinking about this. So, we all think that Verstappen's main nemesis is Lewis Hamilton, thanks to Abu Dhabi and all of that shit, and all the crap between them <laughs> crashing and everything. Which is the but name actually, of our new book about that fateful season. <laughs> Abu Dhabi and all that shit. But think about it. Without Verstappen, Alonso would have won several races this year and had the greatest comeback in all of Formula 1. And Verstappen has thwarted him at every attempt. And even though Alonso is showing some kind of his... Alonso interview respect for Verstappen I'm starting to think that Alonso hates Verstappen more than anybody <laughs> and I think, <laughs> I think when I, we talk about I when it's Alonso all going to go wrong everyone. this year for a, no but when it all goes wrong for Alonso this year I think he's going to kill Max Verstappen before the end of the year that's my prediction <laughs> he's drive in a sort of racing kill. incident or just flat out yeah, right okay no, absolutely is it going to be like kill. um you know when Schumacher went into the back of Coulthard and then tried to find him in the pits? Do you think it'd be like that? He'll no, just no, no, no. go down the pit lane into the Red Bull garage and just throttle him in front of all his mechanics. No, we're talking Villeneuve and um, what's his name? 
Peroni. Which Peroni. Villeneuve? Oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah, it was Peroni in qualifying. No, it wasn't Peroni. Yeah. Um, he, well, he, yeah, it was. It was the argument that caused him to go crazy. But he crashed into Mass and killed himself. I thought you were talking Villeneuve Schumacher. To, it, it it would be good to see a bit more fighting, physical fighting in F one. There used like, to be like, a lot. Um, no. Yeah, like a bit like ice hockey, you know. Um, they just throw the helmets down and they just yeah. smash each other in the face. It's happened I just in think the past. That would be... Yeah, but, but it, it should happen now. I mean, mm. all that happens we, now we is that Verstappen they cry when they spin off. Ago, didn't we? Yeah. But that was just a push. Years ago, we had James Hunt and a Marshall. And yeah, was it PK and Salazar, was it? I can't remember now. Yeah, but that's There should be more of it. Four. Yeah, I think, I think there should just be... You know that Jake Paul and Logan Paul do boxing on YouTube now, or whatever. I don't really mm. understand. I don't know mm. what they, I don't know what they are, but I think they should have Formula One drivers doing boxing for charity. For celebrity. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd, there was a there was a small period of time in the UK where that was a thing, wasn't it? Didn't Ricky Gervais fight Anthea Turner's husband? <laughs> am I, am I no, dreaming that? That definitely happened. I fucking hope that's a dream. I definitely, I'm sure that happened. Oh my god! I'm sure that happened. That can't be right. Ricky Jones was googling it, and it was boxing. It was so bad. It was shambolic. Grand Bovie, yeah, it really did. Yeah, you think I don't know anything about? Oh my god! It was 20 years ago. Shitting hell! Oh my god! But you think I don't know anything about? 21 years ago. Two minutes of this and go. This is just two people fighting in the street. This isn't boxing. Yeah. Great. And now, look oh, that's it. amazing! That's so good. I, yeah, I, yeah, bring it in. Why not? Bit of fighting in between. Uh, it should be for points. Okay, drive, here we go. Drive in the no, gloves. Here we go. Drive in the gloves. After then stop every and race. Box. Yeah, go on. All the drivers should nominate someone to fight Ricky Gervais. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely all right with that. Yeah, uh, yeah, that, that would be brilliant. I think we're all that. Alpine. We've been getting used to the established order at Alpine, which is that amidst the chaos of a team collapsing in on itself, Ocon is better than Gasly, uh, but not at Zandvoort. Gasly came from 12th on the grid to get lucky with an early pit stop and then drive very well to nab a podium courtesy of Perez's penalty. Ocon managed to scrape a point from 16th. That's two podiums in two weekends for Alpine. Uh, do they just live for chaos now? This is them going back to their... Racing Point Force India days, isn't it? <clears throat> Where they had no budget and did really well. I think the worse things get at Alpine now, the better they're going to do. And I suddenly wonder if Racing Point Force India is Alpine. Well spotted. <laughs> Go back to the Renault days. No, it wasn't. No, in that case, in that case, my entire argument's fallen apart. No, I've no idea what's going on there. <laughs> <laughs> Shitting hell! It's too many teams and too many name changes. No, I think you've come. I think you've come back round to your point. On, I think we can leave all of this in because you've come back round to your point by accident, which is actually they've gone back to the kind of heady, you know, those kind of Lotus Renault days where, like, where Kimi Raikkonen was kind of getting which some kind of podiums with a weird car. The the new Lotus Renault with Kimi Raikkonen in, and oh, you mean Lotus, I not feel Lotus. Like yeah, yeah, exactly. Not not Lotus Renault, but Lotus Renault, that one. And I feel like they just don't give a shit. And when they don't give a shit, they're actually quite good, which is a lesson in life. So their their optimum operating the... temperature is with is with zero morale and absolute management <laughs> freefall. That's when they're at their best. They have to be they have to have the equivalent of a of a someone in HMV working their notice. And then <laughs> Don't give a shit. They're stealing CDs. Again, my references need updating, but they're stealing CDs and DVDs, not even Blu-rays. We're talking maybe some cassettes. And they don't give a shit. And suddenly, they're the top salesman in the Cheltenham wow. HMV. They sold more laser discs than anyone specific. I, no, I think there's something in that. There's something in that theory where you're just then just not afraid to take risks. They give zero fucks. They just don't care. They're like, whatever. Exactly. And then maybe it's just working out for them. Seems to there be. Exactly. Maybe they can do it again at Monza. Gasly's won at Monza. Was it Ocon the one at Monza? Have they both won at Monza? I can't remember. Have they, they, wait, have both, they both won at Monza? done something at Monza. No, one of them won at Monza. One of them won at Belgium, I believe. But maybe it was Monza. Let's not check. We're, we're all more very facts tired. and analysis. Subscribe. To, yeah. If you're listening to this podcast in the morning, 
try to imagine that we're doing this at night. It's very, it's very late. <laughs> Ferrari! Um, I don't know why I shouted that. There's an exclamation mark next to it, so I felt like it. This was vintage Ferrari, by which we mean <laughs> this was Ferrari failing to have intermediates ready for Charles Leclerc, compounding an already miserable weekend for the Monegasque driver. He'd crashed in qualifying, damaged his floor on the first lap and got overtaken by an absolute rookie before retiring. Carlos Sainz, however, had a belter, having skipped FP1 in favour of Robert Schwartzman and promptly outperformed Leclerc all weekend in a car that, let's be honest, isn't that good anymore. Have we been wrong about Carlos? No. No. He is occasionally good. It's just that Leclerc is, is on the way out, I think. We've talked about it already. Leclerc he's, is he's... Alonso Ferrari, Vettel Ferrari, Prost Ferrari. Leclerc has flown high like Icarus, and instead of hitting the sun, he's hit the prancing horse who's shoved its hoof in his fucking face, and now he's flailing back to the floor, <laughs> and he's going to end up back in a fucking Sarabur, and no one's going to remember his name in a pub quiz in 10 years, like McKaylee Alvarez. <laughs> Mercedes. Not a great weekend for Mercedes. Uh, Hamilton went out in Q2 after getting stuck in traffic and George Russell's third on the grid was for naught when both Mercedes pitted at the wrong time uh, when it rained at the start. Hamilton did okay to come back through the field to sixth while Russell tangled with Norris, got a puncture and retired. One to forget again for Mercedes? Yeah. Magic's gone. They're going to be midfield. The magic really has gone, hasn't it? They've like... like, It does seem that their seven-odd championships, eight championships, whatever they had was just their advantage was so much they didn't actually have to be good and now they're not they just had the good car advantage. and cruised mm. yeah they they really they're really not as good as we thought they were <laughs> they make it- i um i no i noticed you know just in the coverage during the race toto i always sort of have always looked at him and just thought you know he's quite a sort of like he's a good looking strong you know hunky kind of guy deep voice all that kind of stuff this race right there was um you know a shot of him and he just looked really feeble and old and weak he does look old, and isn't he? yeah there was deteri- there yeah. was one shot and of i him. just thought oh there was one shot of him when he was stood next to her. i don't know who she was but it was it was some woman i'd say she was probably in her 50s or 60s she had short blonde hair and for a split second i thought it was nico rosberg I know who you're talking about. I, I even took a picture of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you reckon he just surrounds himself with Nico Rosberg's to make himself feel better? It's Nico Rosberg's lookalike. What was also quite but funny is at the start looks, of the race, he... Liam Lawson's first pick guy looked like Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is very good for a visual. I, I, this, I will stick it on the Instagram. Yeah, it's definitely true. But, we but, yeah, but he looked weary and tired is my point. Years, Phil. <laughs> I know exactly. So let's get <laughs> let's do our annual post. I had a look the other day. The last uh, so thing I on Instagram. Uh, no, hang on, hang on. The last thing on our Instagram is me posting from the old Tango advert, You've been tangoed. And I have no idea what that reference was for. I think it might have been <laughs> McLaren having an orange car again, <laughs> which was about ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> So if you would like to follow us on Instagram, we're at for F1 sake. I will I will put that up. I'll put that post. <coughs> I'm gonna fucking post now. McLaren! Speaking of which, uh, this seemed Ooh. like a dream weekend for McLaren with Norris on the front row and Piastri preparing for a charge from eighth. But when it rained and McLaren decided not to pit for ages, which completely screwed them, Lando managed to get back to seventh from 15th while Piastri pitted just before a safety car to screw himself further, but managed to recover to ninth. Disappointing? <sighs> it, it all comes down to that first pit decision, isn't it? And several people caught up by that. Um, I was screaming at the screen to say why aren't you all pitting and then I thought ah they know better than me and it turned out no they didn't so if anybody wants to employ me on a six figure salary as a strategy guy I'm, I'm available <clears throat> they, I mean they were the, the, when they look back to where they were even at the start of the season I think they'll still be extremely happy but um, it could have been better this weekend yeah but also I, I feel like Norris's engineer 
did that thing where he knew he'd fucked up, but he was just like, I just hope this fixes itself. He's like, no, you just can you stay out there? Are you all right? Stay out. The rain's going to end. It's going to be fine. You're going to stay out. Oh, you stay Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Oh, sorry. We lost. Do you, need, do you need tires? Uh, How do you think? Uh, uh, could you drive to the end question? Pick confirm. Alpha Tari. Alpha Tari have now fielded four drivers this season with Danny Rick's great comeback being hampered by him now missing at least two races with his broken hand. So in came Liam Lawson, who looked very lost in qualifying but soon got much better. A 10-second penalty for blocking in the pit lane wasn't his fault and he was even battling Leclerc at one point. Sonoda, meanwhile, was left to trundle around on tyres that had clearly died, which was a lousy idea and meant his charge from pitting early was torpedoed. What do we reckon to Lawson's debut? And what does it mean for Danny Rick? I mean, we've touched on it already uh, to a certain extent. Um, I thought Lawson did genuinely really well. Um, you know, it didn't look spectacular in that he was still trundling around with that. But A, it's an Alpha Tauri. Um, he beat Sonoda, although in fairness to Sonoda, a lot of that was because he was on an unexplained strategy of like, I know your tyres have gone off, but what if we were to stay out even longer? Uh, which made no sense. Um but, look, you know, to come into a soaking wet Zandvoort when people are sliding off and crashing left, right and centre and to not do that in a car you've never driven before, uh, I thought he did really well. So, you know, good for him. And a shame for Tsunoda, who actually I thought drove all right, but just got fucked by his strategy. Williams. Alex Albon keeps smashing it. Having qualified the Williams fourth at a track uh, that the team expected to suck on, he somehow managed to stem the inevitable slide backwards and finished eighth for some much-needed points. Logan Sargent crashed repeatedly, although in fairness the race crash wasn't his fault. He then spent most of the day sitting forlornly on a deck chair. Is he right to be sad? Logan Sargent is right to be sad because the apparently the, the his car broke um, when he crashed in the race, which is a shame, but he did also crash in practice or qualifying or something. And he's just not good enough, especially when Albon is flying at the moment. I mean, to, to stick a Williams... Because this this was the trap that Williams said, ah, I don't think this is going to be very good for us because they are a low downforce car. So Monza, they should go really well at. Um, and Zandvoort is like the exact opposite of that. And they, they did really well, couldn't believe it. Although in fairness, so did Sargent um, in qualifying. He got to... That's right, quali- Sargent got into Q3, which is amazing, and then promptly crashed it. Um, mm. So, yeah, comsi comsa. I think he'll probably be sad, but he should take a few take a few positives. It was not his worst weekend in F one. I spent your whole pretty sure Simon Pry. I spent your whole speech there, Phil. So it's all right. I spent your whole speech there trying to not breathe heavily. (laughs) And actually, we can breathe heavily, just not directly into the microphone. (laughs) <laughs> no, I forgot how to breathe. So then I was holding my breath, and then I was trying to breathe light, and it didn't work. And then I realised I could have just muted the mic. But um, <laughs> yeah. Williams, I don't know who they are. I'm hyperventilating. <laughs> Alfa Romeo. Fuck them. I don't want to talk about Alfa Romeo. No, I don't give a <laughs> shit about Alfa Romeo. Move on, Hass. Ha! 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 I was lucky. Ha! Ha! I was lucky. Hulkenberg binned it in FP1. Magnussen binned it in FP3. Uh, new upgraded wings, all broken, plus minimal setup time equals unremarkable results. No points. Any point talking about them? Nope. They've both signed for next year, the stupid. Oh, yes. They. <laughs> <laughs> that's true they have i mean this is if ever there was an example of like we have no other options on both sides i think they all just looked at each other and were like Haas were like we're not going to get anyone better and the two drivers were like well, we're not going to go anywhere else are we so if you want to carry on they were like yeah all right let's I would do it. Ra- if i if i was in charge of Haas, i would sign james hunt and sterling moss as they are now and they'd be <laughs> better than these <laughs> If genuinely, if you were if you were a team boss now and you could sign, let's say drivers who are still alive, you could sign any drivers who are still alive but aren't racing anymore. Who would you go for now? Go, Juan Pablo Nigel Montoya Manson. and Martin Blundell. <laughs> Martin Blundell. <laughs> Martin Blundell and Nigel. Just any Martin. Mansford. Any Martin. <laughs> Just a Martin. That's all we need. All of which takes us to the standings with Terry Saunders. 
if you're listening to this in the future because you've downloaded all our podcasts and you're thinking what really set 2023 apart from all the rest of the podcasts in the world you'd be right by thinking oh was that the year when everyone who was lazy relied on chat gpt to come up with content <laughs> yes i've been out having entertained my mum on holiday and i've not had time to do it so i have gone into chat gpt and obviously it's all about the prompts and gone, here are the current Formula One driver and construction standings. Can you please make a funny theme for each, referencing geographical locations, cultures, pop culture, and F1 knowledge? And please do, in the, please do so in the style of stand-up comedian Terry Saunders. Who it turns out, <laughs> Chuck GPD doesn't know who I am. <laughs> and these are the results. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you, the F1 standings are a bit like a world tour of comedy. We've got drivers from all over the globe, mixing cultures, pop culture, and some seriously fast cars. So, Max Verstappen is leading the pack. He's like the Dutch windmill, spinning his way to the top. Max, if you win, promise, a, promise us a victory dance on those clogs. This is what ChatGPT came up with. <laughs> spinning would Sergio get you the opposite of to the top. <laughs> Sergio oh, Perez is in second place he's so smooth he's like the James Bond of F1 you can picture him sipping a shaken not stirred energy drink Fernando Alonso <laughs> is back and he's like the Spanish conquistador of the racetrack I claim this corner for Spain he says Lewis Hamilton is the British knight of speed. He's chasing that eighth championship like it's the Holy Grail I seek the championship he says but I don't need a sword I've got a steering wheel Carlos Sainz is in fifth place with 102 points. He's like the Spanish matador of F1, gracefully dancing around those corners. But watch out for the bulls, or in this case, red bulls. Charles Leclerc is the monoguesque, oh, fair enough, Marvel, zooming through the streets of Monte Carlo like he's on a casual (laughs) Sunday drive. George Russell is the British bulldog of racing. He's just not fitting in for Lewis. He's barking up the points table. Lando Norris is the British lad with a Lando Norris is the British lad with a helmet full of memes. If he wins, he should get a trophy shaped like a phone. To be fair, that is the sort of thing I would say. (laughs) Pierre Gasly is the Frenchman with a need for speed, but instead of baguettes, he's slicing through the competition. Chad GPT is much more racist than I am. Esteban Ocon and Oscar Piastri are tied at 36 points. It's a French Australian standoff. Croissants versus Vegemite. Who's going to win? Alexander Albon is like the Thai cuisine of F1. A bit spicy, a bit sweet, and always leaves you wanting more. Nico Hulkenberg, the German Hulk. He might not smash, but he's definitely smashing it on the track. Well, he's not, is he? Uh, Valtteri Bottas. He's the Finn with the solder in his car. Staying cool under pressure, but can he heat up the standings? Zhou Ganyu, the Chinese driver making his mark, racing through the Great Wall of Competition. That is racist. (laughs) Yuki Tsunoda, the Japanese sensation, drifting through the corners like Tokyo Drift, F1 style. And Kevin Magnussen, the Dane, the Viking of the track, looking for that treasure chest at the end of the race. At the constructor standings. Red Bull, they're like the energy drink that gives you wings. And apparently they're giving Max Verstappen wings too. Mercedes, the German engineering marvels. They're so precise, they probably calculate pit stops to the millisecond. Well, yes, of course they all fucking do. <laughs> Aston Martin, they're like the British secret agents of Formula One. Dressed in style, but right... Oh, that's because it's James Bond, isn't it? Ferrari, the Italian stallions. They're not just fast, they're as stylish as a Prada suit on wheels. McLaren, they're the British Bulldogs of racing. A bit quirky, but don't underestimate their bite. Fuck off. Alpine, they're the French Alps of F1. A bit chilly up there, but they're climbing their way to the top. <laughs> what does that mean? That's just talking about mountains. <laughs> they might not be leading, but they're like the plucky underdogs of F1 again. And we love an underdog story. Haas, the American dream meets Italian passion. It's like a pizza with an apple pie crust. What? Alfa Romeo, they're the Swiss watches of F1, always ticking away, even in high-speed care. And Alfa Tauri, the Italian-Japanese fusion of speed, like sushi with a side of spaghetti. So what we're learning here is ChatGPT is like a bad open spot, stupid racist comedian. And all those people that say that AI is going to take our jobs are fucking lying. It's shit. It makes me feel good because some, some weeks I'm really lazy at writing it. And it's good to know that me at my laziest is still better than all of humanity's computer skills put together. And now, the man of the match of driving. Fernando Alonso. <laughs> And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. 
Even God is bored of Max Verstappen winning everything and decided to smite him with a biblical flood on slick tyres, and yet he still won the race. It's getting to the stage that I fear that Newey has made the RB19 resistant to locusts, or maybe they're the secret to making ground effect work. We've all, and by all I mean everyone except Perez, written off this championship, so it's good that Zanvoort brought out some city rain to show what everyone could be like if Max didn't win all the time, and oh fuck, he won again. Maybe, in fact, he is the god here, managing to break Daniel Ricciardo's hand to remind him he's actually in charge at Red Bull. Now, we still have a staggering 2,439 races left this season, so we need to find some ways to enjoy them. Here are mine. Don't worry, I have a solution. Number one, the one-point championship. Accruing tons of points by dominating every race is overrated. Do you know how hard it is to score a single point in a year? So far, no one has managed it this year. The current standings have Kevin Magnussen absolutely ruining his one-point championship bid with two points, and four drivers are in the running with zero points, except three of them are in the same car, alongside Logan Sargent, who by now must have a dishonorable discharge from the surname army. The three Alpha Tauri losers, DeFries, Ricardo, and Liam Lawson, are all on nil poids. So for the rest of this year, this podcast will be solely focused on the one-point championship closely. Good luck, Liam. Number two, pretend that Red Bull doesn't exist. <laughs> I just spent 10 minutes trying to ask ChatGPT to calculate the Formula 1 standings if Red Bull weren't there, and it totally fucked up. So let's just delete Max and Sergio from the championship, and we have a thrilling battle for the lead by Alonso and Hamilton with only 12 points in it. Brilliant. Number three, best way to enjoy Formula 1 for the rest of this year is don't. You know that we don't have to watch Formula 1, right? I know that we do a podcast, so we feel we have to, but we don't, and nor do you. It'll still happen. Go outside, see your family, visit a museum, masturbate in a public place, whatever makes you happy. Unless, of course, you're Dutch and watching a small man win races with orange flares is your kink. The end. Fair and honestly, I spent ages trying to get ChatGPT to work out. I, I, I actually pasted in all of the results from this year and said, can you remove Max Verstappen and Sergio Perez but put everyone up one so that we can work out what the standings would be? And it told me that Perez was in the, the championship. I was like, well, that doesn't work. So chat, look, ChatGPT has some, has some merits, but it's shit. We're safe. That's it from us. It's goodbye to Phil Tremens. Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about McLaren, which is suing its own driver, Alex Palou, over some contract nonsense. It's pretty funny. It's reserve driver, I should say. It's not bad news for, uh, for Norris or Piastri quite yet. And to Terry Saunders. We are on time to talk about Nigel Mansell is auctioning off fucking everything. Like, really, I think I'm worried about him. I think he's run out of money or something. He's auctioning off trophies and stupid toys and ashtrays. I think I think something's happened. How much have you bought? Uh, too, too much. <laughs> we'll be back in a minute to discuss the Italian Grand Prix in the Italy's. In the meantime, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash for F1 sake. And follow us on Twitter at for F1 sake. Terry, where can people buy merch? Uh, Nigel Mansell's auction page, which will soon be on ff1s.com forward slash shop, shop, shop. Because <laughs> I've got to make a profit on this. I've got to flip it. I've Thanks got to flip li- it all. <laughs> 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 Thanks for listening. I've been Ollie Peer. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks, Ollie. Thank you, Ollie. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.